I want to say thank you to Pastor Keith and to Brother Ted for the opportunity that has been mine to come and preach during your senior adult conference. For many years, I have preached sermons trying to encourage senior adults, and now I are one. <laughs> so when I preach sermons to senior adults, I am talking to myself, Pastor, trying to encourage, uh, encourage myself. Interesting passage tonight that the Lord's laid on my heart that uh, I know Pastor Keith and others of us have used in numerous funerals over the years. But turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. This is a passage that most of you are very familiar with. And we're going to begin reading in verse 1. If you have your Bibles, be sure and turn there with me. Let's stand together as we honor the reverence and reading of His Word. The Bible says there is an appointed time for everything. And there is a time for every event under heaven, a time to give birth and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to throw stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to shun embracing, a time to search, and a time to give up as lost, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear apart, and a time to sew together, a time to be silent, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. May the Lord add His blessing to the reading of His Word. Let's pray together. Father, we thank You for the words that Brother John has shared with us, words of encouragement to remind us who all of us are as senior adults. And Lord, You still have a purpose for our life, and that purpose will always be there until the time that You call us home. Lord, I pray now during this session that You would speak once again to our hearts. I pray, Lord, for each one of the senior adults and others who are here tonight in the worship center that you will speak to our hearts through your word. And Lord, we'll always be very careful to give you the praise and glory for it all. In your name we pray. Amen. Growing up, I remember hearing the older generation say, the older one becomes, the faster the years pass by. And I discovered that a number of years ago. As I said for many years, I, as a young pastor, I attempted to always speak a word of encouragement because as Brother John shared a moment ago, senior adults have always played a very vital role in my life, even in this 49th year of ministry that God has called me to. One day I finally came to the realization that I had reached that status in life. And many of you know that even when you turn 49, AARP, has already sent you an invitation uh, to join. Now I'm 66. When Becky and I are getting ready to enter a restaurant or some other business, if a younger person is going in the door, when they look back and see my wife and I coming in, they usually will catch the door and hold it open for us. That never happened before when I was young. Last Thursday at lunch at one of the pizza huts in Wichita Falls, one of the waiters came over to our table and asked if we were senior adults. And I shared with Blake, I said, well, I'm 66, my wife is 63, 
And he responded by saying, well, you, you just don't look that age. I, I thought you were in your 50s. I said, we'll be back. <laughs> I cannot tell you how many times that uh, I've been called honey, sweetie, sugar, and dear now that I'm at this stage of life. And that never happened to me when I was younger. <laughs> Several years ago, our youngest daughter, April, uh, Matt's uh, youngest sister, and Becky and I were eating at Slotsky's in Wichita Falls. And uh, there was a group, there was a group of millennials there eating and at a long rectangular table. And we were the only older folks there. And so we sat over on the far right side and April got up to go over to the counter to get something and she overheard the two employees that were standing at the counter saying, whose food is this? To which one of them responded to the other, said it's those older people sitting over there. That's the first time that I remember ever being uh, really singled out that I was old and I must tell you that uh, it did hurt my feelings. However, uh, <laughs> There is a bright spot as being a senior adult, and that's senior discounts. Uh, by the way, I told my congregations over the years, when I do that, that means amen. I read this particular passage of Scripture this evening because it has to do with the element of time. And I've learned over the years and hundreds of funerals that I've done over the years that the Bible is very true and very accurate when it says that life is like a vapor. It's like a mist. Days pass into weeks, weeks pass into months, months pass into years, and before we know it, life has passed us by altogether. Someone has said that there's actually seven stages of human existence, and Becky and I, and I know most of you can identify with this, and those seven stages are spills, drills, thrills, bills, ills, Pills and wills, which we're working on again, by the way. <laughs> According to recent data from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the average life expectancy today here in America has dropped for the second year in a row, and it looks like it's going to drop for a third. Today, a man can expect to live 76.4 years and a woman 81.2 years. However, the Social Security Administration says that a man that reaches age 65 today can expect to live on average to 84.3, and a woman reaching age 65 today can expect to live an average of 86.6 years. Many of us will remember when butter was churned. How many of you can remember that? You can't even buy butter today at the market that tastes that good, right? We remember when soda pop machines dispensed bottles, coffee shops with table-side jukeboxes, wax coat-shaped bottles with colored sugar water. I can remember those. That I preached that. I preached this statement one time at my church in, in Burtman Inn, and I didn't know they even made these anymore. And one of my members came to me the next Sunday and brought me some of these. But I didn't drink them because I was, I'm, I was trying to lose weight. Many of us remember candy cigarettes, uh, home milk delivery in glass bottles with uh, cardboard stoppers, party lines. I remember party lines when there was no rotary dial. Uh, news reels before the movie at the theater. I remember that. 
45 RPM, 78 RPM uh, records, SNH green stamps. I can't tell you how many of those stamps I've licked from my parents. Uh, the blue flash bub that used to go on the camera, uh, drive-in theaters, ringer washers, we remember all of that. The bottom line is this, life has changed very drastically in your lifetime and mine. But I say what Brother John said a while ago, God is not finished with you yet. So let me give you a word of exhortation this evening. One of the areas of our life that age does affect is our memory. And I don't like admitting that, but for those of you who may be here tonight and you've yet to turn 50, I don't want to discourage you, but when you turn, when you turn 50, things begin to happen to your memory. Um, just a lot of different things. Just take my word for it. It's kind of like those three sisters, age 92, 94, 96. They lived together in a house together. All of their spouses had preceded them in death. One night, the 96-year-old prepares to take a bath. She puts one foot in the tub, and as she steps in the tub, she pauses and she yells downstairs, was I just getting in or was I just getting out? The 94-year-old yells back, I don't know, but I'll come up and see. So she starts up the stairs, and as she gets midway up, she pauses and she yells, yeah, was I just going up or was I just coming down? The 92-year-old sister is sitting at a kitchen table having tea, listening to her sisters, and she just shakes her head and she says, I sure hope I never get that forgetful. Knock on wood. I'll come up and check on both of you as soon as I see who's knocking at the door. <laughs> now, there are, there are things that we forget. And then, my dearly beloved, there are those things that we always need to remember. But let me share with you very quickly eight things that I had to remind myself about as a senior adult and I want to remind you about tonight. First of all, and Brother John alluded to this, stay in the Word of God. We as Southern Baptists believe the Bible to be the inspired, inerrant, infallible Word of God. It's inspired because it's God-breathed. It's inerrant because there is no error. It's infallible because it's incapable of leading anybody astray. We believe that. There's five ways that we grasp the Word of God. We hear the Word of God. You hear the Word of God every Sunday from this pulpit from Pastor Keith. Becky and I have visited over the years when I could get away from my church at that time to be able to come. We heard it this morning as he spoke on the whole counsel of God. You hear the word. You heard it a while ago from Brother John. We hear the word of God. But not only is that important, we need to also read the word of God. Here a few years ago, there was a statistic that came out that really uh, threw me uh, for a moment because the statistic said that the average Christian only read a third of a verse daily. Now that would tell me like John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that He gave, and that would be the extent of that. We need to hear the Word. We need to read the Word of God. We need to study the Word of God. The Apostle Paul instructed Timothy, he said, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. To hear, to read, 
to study, to memorize. Now, how many of you would share with me and be honest that you have trouble today with your memory more so than you did when you were younger? My hand goes up. You'll notice a lot of the younger folks did not raise their hand because they evidently can still remember. Scripture is a good thing to memorize. So I would encourage you to do that. So you hear, you read, you study, you memorize, and you meditate on the Scripture. But then there's actually a sixth thing. Apply it. Pastor Keith used this verse this morning in his message. James 1.22 says, Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Most people who sit in our pews are hearers, but they're not doers. He wants us to put into practice those things that we say we believe. Stay in the Word of God, putting our faith into action. Secondly, spend time in prayer. Over the years, I've had so many senior adults that at times in the nursing homes or other places would share with me that they just didn't feel like that they were of any use to the Lord any longer because of where they found themselves in their set of circumstances. But I've often shared with them, you can pray. You can be a prayer warrior. You can pray for your church. You can pray for your pastor. You can pray for your staff. You can pray for your family. You can pray for your nation. You can pray. Number three, cultivate your relationship with others. The older you and I get, the more crucial it is that we matter to somebody. Family and friends are vitally important to us. Stay in regular contact with those with whom you are close. Uh, there are so many as they age that they battle the emotion of loneliness, especially as their friends and their loved ones have passed away. We, we were created to have fellowship. The Greek word is koinia. We were created to have fellowship with one another. And as senior adults, we need to be able to do that. Number four, to guard your health. Someone said, if you have your health, you have everything. As our bodies age, we become more susceptible to illnesses. So I would share to all of us, and the thumb comes back to me also, that we need to eat healthy. We need to be involved in physical exercise. We need to strengthen our bodies to try to help prevent disease. And we all have a choice. One of my deacons in the church where I served all those years went to a cardiologist the other day. Of course, I have my own cardiologist too. But when Larry came back and shared this with me, it really caught my attention because his cardiologist told him, he said, Larry, you can either eat to live or live to eat. And when you think about that, that's, that's a wake-up call. Exercise helps control our weight, lower our blood pressure, strengthen our muscles, which in turn makes us less likely to fall. But then I'm reminded that some people say, well, my longevity rests in my parents' longevity, but how long your parents lives or live does not affect how long you and I will live. It will be how we live our life that determines how old we will get. Number five, Brother John mentioned this tonight also in his, his message. Don't be afraid to laugh. I've had uh, a few people, not many, over the years in the churches where I have served that have come to me when I used numerous uh, uh, laughable analogies, and they would say, Pastor, there's no place for humor in the pulpit. Um, I tell you what, I disagree with them. 
uh, I think we need to laugh. And uh, I've seen 40-year-olds that acted like uh, they were 80, and I've seen 80-year-olds that acted like they were 40. Uh, someone has said, and I quote, age is an issue over mind over matter. If you don't mind, it doesn't matter. Uh, we're old enough to remember George Burns and Jack Benny and Red Skelton and Milton Berle and Carol Burnett and Bob Hope and Danny Thomas. And I tell you what, it's just, uh, it's just fun to laugh, isn't it? And um, I, I came across some interesting comments here that I have to laugh myself. You know, being a, being a pastor, having been a full-time pastor, pastoring is not easy. And you bear the emotions and you hurt with your people. And I had a doctor when I was on staff at Calvary Baptist in Tyler with Dr. Beard, Johnny Beard, that uh, he told me as a staff member, he said, you need to leave your, your work at your office. You can't do that uh, because you bear the concerns of your congregation. You take them home, you pray for them. So you have to have an outlet that you release this. So some of these comments uh, help me and let me share them with you and I'm sure you've heard this. You don't stop laughing when you're old, you grow old when you stop laughing. Life not only begins at 40, it begins to show. I look in the mirror and there's this other person looking back at me. I never worry when I get lost. I just change where I want to go. <laughs> Amazing. I accused this of Becky the other day, Pastor. Amazing. You hang something in your closet for a while and it shrinks two sizes. No matter where you go, there you are. <laughs> you need your glasses to find your glasses. I can remember one day when Michelle and April and Matthew were still at home and Becky was there and I said, I can't find my glasses. I can't find my glasses. And everybody was looking through the house trying to help me find my glasses. And in the midst of all that, I happened to reach up and I had them on all the time. And I wasn't in my 60s yet. Now this, we are already living. Your children begin to look middle-aged. People call you at 9 p.m. and ask, did I wake you up? <laughs> and one more, it takes you longer to rest than it did for you to get tired. It's tension, it's anger, it's resentment, it's jealousy, it's fear, it's stress, it's worry that will eat away our source of strength if we allow it. There was a nursing resident that once was quoted saying, and I quote, she said, my arms are so weak I can hardly lift a cup of coffee. My cataracts are so bad I can't even see my toothbrush. I can't turn my head because of the arthritis in my neck. My blood pressure medicine makes me dizzy. But thank God, I can still drive. <laughs> All I can say is, may the Lord have mercy. <laughs> Number six, there was a slogan, an advertisement on TV for many years, reach out and touch someone. We need to reach out, dearly beloved, and touch others. Be active in, in ministry. As I began to contemplate retirement, and of course us preachers never retire, retire, but to retire from full-time pastoring, 
I began to pray what the Lord would uh, have me to do. And I'd worked nights and, and weekends when I was not needed at the church, even though I was full time, uh, for Owens and Romney Funeral Home in Wichita Falls and Bergmanet. And through that uh, process, uh, I began to pray about this, and the Lord laid on my heart to go back and uh, get my mortuary certification. Now, I could have done another master's degree for the 32 hours that that program required. But I prayed about that, and I did it all online. And uh, I've never done anything online before, but I did do that. And uh, then I went and took my, did all my clinicals that's required by the state of Texas, and then did passed the state board exam back in April, and I'm here tonight to tell you I'm a full certified funeral director now. The Lord's been good to me because Dr. Bob McCartney, who's my pastor, we belong now at First Baptist Wichita Falls, I shared with Bob one day, well, several months ago, I said, uh, I, I, I've got a concern like my older colleagues have had that when you retire, sometimes you're put out to pasture. And I, I, I don't want that to happen because God's called me to preach. And Bob shared to me, he said, Dwayne, you will never have that problem. You will, you will stay busy. Well, I'm here to tell you that the last several months I've been in the pulpit somewhere every Sunday. God's good. And they know me in Wichita Archer Clay Baptist Association, and they know what I do. And here's the way I'm introduced now. Almost every church where I've gone uh, to supply, they said, Brother Dwayne will be the last one to ever let you down. Now, some of you will get that all the way home. <laughs> I say that to say this. Many senior adults, and maybe some of you, are here tonight and you're feeling useless. Especially maybe after you have retired, but you're not useless. You're very important and never give up. Get involved in, in some worthwhile uh, project. Uh, God never intends for you nor me to retire from spiritual activity. Uh, the Lord wouldn't keep us here if He didn't have a worthwhile ministry for you and me to accomplish. So get involved. Volunteer at the hospitals, Meals on Wheels. Uh, get involved in your GAP uh, senior adult group or find something where you can minister to others. If you get, I, I've, I've known this over the years when I've shared with people that if you get to the place that uh, you just feel like you're not of use to anybody, if you'll find yourself ministering to other people, it will take your mind off of you and put your mind on others. Number seven, continue to be creative. I like the garden. Uh, I like to work outside, whatever you find, scrapbooking, crafting, whatever it is that uh, you enjoy doing, get involved. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 92 verse 14, reminded us that the faithful can expect to be fruitful, even flourishing in their old age. And probably even above all those other than staying in the Word of God and praying, I would say this is very important. Number eight and finally, Leave a lasting legacy. When we think of how to best spend our time, we need to give our greatest value to what will be there when we're gone. I've had the privilege of serving in the ministry 49 years. It's my 49th year. A staff member for many years and a pastor now for many, many, many years. 
And while it's so important that we as pastors preach and teach the Word of God, that's the most important thing that we can do. I've often said that even though I would like for my congregations that I've pastored over the years to say, well, he did a good job preaching, I would still rather have them say about me, even though he was a good preacher, he was a great pastor because he was there when I needed him. Most of our congregations may remember some of the messages that we as preachers preach, but what they're going to remember far more than the messages that we preach in the pulpit was if we were there when they needed us. Am I right? All of us have made mistakes. And if we could turn back the clock, we would correct some of these things. But still, the lessons that we have learned from our successes and our failures can help those who are following behind. Brother John mentioned this tonight. The generations that follow are learning about growing old from us. Statistics show that one out of seven watch your life and mine every day. And when I get up in the morning, I want to get up and I, I pray, Lord, I want to be a vessel through whom you can work today. No matter what I may go through during the day, I want them to see Jesus in me. I think when the Bible says that they were first called Christians at Antioch, I think the reason why the enemies of Christ heaped that word of scorn upon the followers of Christ is because when they looked upon the followers of Christ, they were reminded of Him. Hence, the word Christian. My dear friends, it's imperative, it's important in the day in which we live today that people outside the four walls of our churches see that there is a difference and knowing about God and knowing Him personally. That we are real. That we are genuine. That we are different. And the reason why we are different is because the Lord has come into our life and changed us and given us a purpose and meaning for life. We are senior saints. And that simply means that you and I have entered a new and wonderful phase of life with different opportunities. Showing that He is the joy and strength of our life. He is the rock upon which we stand. He's a shelter in the time of storm. He's your strength when you're weak and when you're weary. He's a friend that will never leave you or forsake you. He is the peace that does pass all understanding. Let's leave a legacy that will continue to live on long after we're gone. I'm sure many of you have heard this poem. Linda Ellis wrote it, it's called The Dash. And I think about this many, many times, let me conclude with this, because as I've been out of the cemeteries and as I lead out on funerals now, I hear so many different pastors as they speak and I hear about the lives of these individuals who have passed and what they've accomplished, what's happened in our life. 
But let me conclude with this. I read of a man who stood to speak at the funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on her tombstone from the beginning to the end. He noted that first came the date of her birth and spoke of the following date with tears. But he said what mattered most of all was the dash between those years. For that dash represents all the time that she spent alive on earth. And now only those who loved her know what that little line is worth. For it matters not how much we own, the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we live and love and how we spend our dash. So think about this long and hard. Are there things you'd like to change? For you never know how much time is left that can still be rearranged. If we could just slow down enough to consider what's true and real and always try to understand the way other people feel and be less quick to anger and show appreciation more and love the people in our lives like we've never loved before. If we treat each other with respect and more often wear a smile, remembering that this special dash might only last a little while. So when your eulogy is being read, when your life's action to rehash, would you be proud of the things they say about how you spent your dash? May all of us, my dear friends, may we be found faithful to be faithful to the Lord in the days that are ahead. And may it be said of all of us when our life journey has come to an end, what Paul said himself, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. And I have kept the faith. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for Pastor Keith, the staff, and this marvelous congregation. And I thank you, Father, for what this church means to Matt and Michelle and to our family. I thank you, Father, that this church is very mission-minded and very active in reaching out to reach others for Christ. And I thank you, Father, for these senior adults who are here and the life-changing areas that they're involved in. And I, I pray for each one of them. And I pray, Father, for those who may be going difficult through difficult issues and times right now, that you will meet them, Father, in this time of need. I thank you, Father, that there's never a time but what you're always with us. You walk with us every moment of every day. And I thank you, Father, that no matter how old we may be able to live, you have a purpose and plan for our life. And may we be involved in everything that you would have us to be. Touching people, praying for people, encouraging others. Lord, I pray that you will continue to lead each one of us in the days ahead. I pray, Lord, that each one of us will live our lives in such a way that others would always see Christ in us in everything that we do. 
that you might use us to lead others to come to know you as we know you in our own hearts. And Lord, we'll forever be grateful to give you the praise and the glory for it all. In your name we pray. Amen. God bless you. It's been my privilege. Thank you, Pastor, for allowing me to be here and be a part of this conference. Thank you very much.